what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, man? What's up, man? Julian, what's up, bro? Um, Pleasure Nights, what's up, man? Stop videos, what's up? What's up, everybody, man? I'm actually up right now. It's crazy because it's like 2.04 in the morning, <laughs> and I can't believe I'm awake. But when my guy pop up, I guess uh, he could just join straight in the podcast. But salute to everybody. Um, salute to Dawg. Uh, he's probably asleep right now as well. But <laughs> it'd it be like that. Um, yeah, salute to everybody. Salute to Canal. Salute to Reginald. Salute to Joseph. Salute to Jarrell. Salute to Pleasure Nice, like I said already. But um, yeah, man, salute to Dawg, man. It, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's 8 a.m. where Andy is at right now. So hopefully when Andy pop up, I could pop Andy right in. But um shout out to the Knicks, man. The Knicks is <laughs> the Knicks is finally winning games. And of course they'll be winning games in mid-March when we are 10, nine games below 500 and have been dealing with injury and dealing with COVID. And we're watching about five different Nick teams this season. And it, it's crazy, man. This it, it's crazy. And I came across a stat, right? And um, since All-Star break, the Knicks is tied in the NBA for the best defense in the league. Um, first is actually the Boston Celtics, and then the Boston Celtics and the Knicks are actually tied right now in defensive rating with 108.2. So that's very impressive. So it's the Celtics, then it's the Knicks, then it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves is a team that right now is 10 and 11, and they are hot as hell. So, you know, we just got to stick to it. Um, you know, I'm you know, I, I get mad at a lot. Like I get mad at the fact that uh this guy Tibbs just refuses to play young guys consistent minutes like that that little stuff like that like you dmp miles mcbride when Deuce Mc, when when uh quentin grimes come back so like it, it's little stuff like that where it's like dude like come on bro <laughs> but you know he that's tim's mantra man he plays the win tibbs wants to win his way um Tibbs is a he's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, sadly, um, Tibbs gonna play his guys regardless of the situation. And you know we go we could sit here, we could complain, we could talk about you know rotations and and talk about you know what Tibbs is not doing. But you know, hey, <laughs> I, I've been done talking about uh, minutes for young guys when it came to came to this team like I, I I stopped that uh I stopped those complaints about a couple of weeks ago about two three weeks ago um now I'm just focused on the development of the young guys and and, and, and other people but um it's crazy man tell you <laughs> would get Google pay or he sucks <laughs> yeah man smash them like buttons man we're trying to so MB, MBK fam um shout outs to Power Father Sim um we're trying to actually make this like a whole network right so you know you try to 
get diehardnicks.com. You know, shout out to my guy Evil if you want uh merch, but you try to make diehard nicks a network as well. Um so let's see, man. Let's see how we can, you know, get this thing going, man. Shout out to my guy Evil, man. Yeah, wow, it's five eight, five, five p.m. over here, man. It is two oh five, two oh eight a.m. Right now, so shout out to Andy. Andy say he is on his way. So appreciate you, my guy, for telling me that. Um, but yeah, like the Knicks, the Knicks is fu- the Knicks is funny. So what me and Andy was gonna talk about tonight, well, morning where Andy is at right now is um, no, we're gonna talk about Kristaps Porzingis. Uh. You know how how me and him feel about Chris Porzingis. How do we feel about you know what if he wanted to come back? If he declined his option to be a wizard, um for tw- for the twenty twenty three off season, you know, and we also going to talk about um a couple of other things. But the Chris Porzingis thing, it caught my eye. Um, it caught my eye because you know. What happened with first of all, shout out to Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was a horrible executive. Uh, he stunk at his job. Phil Jackson had <laughs> he had went to sleep during Donovan Mitchell's workout. Um, something that we all famously know. Uh, but you know, all the bad that Phil Jackson done, he did do some positive things. One of the positive things that Phil Jackson did was. Uh, draft Kristaps Porzingis, um, a top five pick, by the way. Uh, you know, Phil Jackson didn't trade none of our first round picks. Uh, you know, he 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 actually got Dolan to not butt in into what we was trying to do. Um, I think we had to get Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was like a part of the timeline. Um, it's just something that had to happen. I hate the guy. You know, I hate it. I hated what he did. Um, I hated the way he treated Carmelo Anthony. Uh, yes, Carmelo Anthony, he had some some selfish things about him. But Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend, you know. And Car- Carmelo Anthony, his best point guard when he was in Nick was Jason Kidd. He was 38 years old. Uh, I didn't like the way how Phil Jackson went about that situation. But And I didn't like the way – I didn't like the fact that Phil Jackson gave Joaquin Noah all that money. I didn't like the fact that uh, Phil Jackson, you know, didn't, didn't, uh, you know, talk to the media a lot. You know, Phil Jackson did a lot of bad things, but, you know, he left us in good hands, man. He left us with all our first-round picks. He left us with, you know, good, good cap, good cap room. Oh, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, what? I'm using my backup computer and stuff here, but I'm listening to you. You got your your um your business voice on and shit. Yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm tired, but you know, I promised at two a.m. So I said, "Yo, let me get up and let me get this, let me get this out the way, man." What's up, man? Talk talk to the people, man. How, why? The, first of all, why the hell are you awake? One, two. I could have sworn you say you did like an eighteen hour shift yesterday. Three. Um, I hope you have red wine somewhere like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was dead ass asleep, but I, I was I'm looking for um you know looking for all my backup shit. I couldn't find it, man. 
So, um, what's up, man? Talk to me, man. Where, how you feel about Porzingis, man? Because I know you say that the, the the poll that I put out earlier. It's a popular poll, by the way. Like usually, when I put out polls, they they probably only get like a hundred uh, 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 votes, but this one got over eight hundred, and it's clicking. So I'm assuming that Nick fans is real uh, touchy about it. Um, I think 40% say they would take Porzingis back. And um, 28% say no. And 30% said, uh, go fuck yourself, state. So, <laughs> so how you feel about Porzingis, man? Well, I mean, I, I, if you want to say statute of limitations, I think, I think the statute of limitations might have might have passed already, you know, as far as being mad at him and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he brought that on, on himself, but I think, you know, you know, through um, through time, I think, I think that um, that uh, you know, I mean, he, he did it to himself, man. He came in with a power move and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I guess going to Dallas, thing, you know, finally realizing that he's not the man. You, mm-hmm. Are you getting feedback? Mm-mm. Well, you know, him, him thinking he was the man, that he was going to be with Luca, being being the second fiddle. So I, I think he might have humbled himself. You know, playing, playing there, being, um, being traded to Washington and stuff like that. So I think, um, I think that I think time, you know, changes everything, man. So I think that they, he'll be more open to come to the Knicks, you know, or whatever. Especially on on like a, um, it, it depends too. I don't, I don't really know what his market is because of his um his his health issues and stuff. So it, it, it is interesting, man. We 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 might be able to get him on a cheap thing, cheap deal or whatever. And if you want to talk about who's going to replace Mitch, there you go. You know. Chris Stapps and um and freaking um Jericho Sims. That would be some funny shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so while you was talking, I see our brother <laughs> Andy Pope pulls up. It's broad daylight outside his window, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what up, what up, right? man? What so, sorry for being late, but listen, I, I don't know how I calculated this time difference because we switched time this night right so you guys were first the regular thing is you guys are six hours behind me so i was calculating two so it's going to be eight right and now all of a sudden i you know i'm watching iru's episode with josh and i ended up and then i see a notification that state is on and i was like it's supposed to be in an hour i was thinking maybe he's warming up or stuff like that and i I was like no the show is on so i was like running around just you know getting the laptop ready and stuff like that so now i'm here (laughs) so you do um daylight savings too in in poland uh yeah yeah we we changed the yeah we changed the the hour still but i think you know they're talking for a couple of years that they're stopped going to changing it so I wonder when that's, that's gonna happen. So the night we, we decided to do this shit, that's that's when it's daylight savings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that should make no sense, man. Oh god. But this is this is funny, man. So the, this is the first time I ever opened up my channel to, to you guys. So you know, I watch state start it. I watch him put his business casual voice on. <laughs> you know, he's trying to be all professional with him, but you know, by himself on the fire. This shit is funny, man. <laughs> Doesn't look natural, right? It's state. Yeah. <laughs> his business voice <laughs> yeah yo, yo bro you don't understand how hard it is to to like host it is very difficult <laughs> yeah i know that that's why i ain't got my show yet <laughs> hey man pull the scab off man so this is this is your baby here man so you guys gotta gotta get it together yeah man 
Um, we're going to try, man. Uh, we just got to be, we just got to uh, stick to it, um, be consistent. Um, you know, I, I, I basically committed to like um, every other weekend. So just basically every two weeks, we could um, go on uh, 2, 2 a.m. And that'll be enough time to have enough news about the Knicks. And also, you know, just like um, Evo said, um, Andy, like me and Evo was talking um, off pod, you know, it's a lot of people who do overnight jobs, bro. Like, you, you will be surprised how many people who do overnight shifts, and it's difficult for them to actually, like, tune into pods 9 to 10, 10, 9 to 10 p.m. or 10 to 11 p.m. or, you know, 11 to 12, because they'll probably be on their way to work. So, like, I, I felt like this is the perfect place where – we can we can get our points across and, and thoughts through, but at the same time, it's like we're not interfering with literally nobody. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and there, and there, like you guys said before, it's you know, listen, there, there's fans around the world, so in Europe, it's it's like morning, right? I think people are gonna chime in, and especially if it's the weekend. Also, listen, I, I bet you, like in Australia, it's like again, like seven more hours you could add. They're they're that way ahead, so that's that's regular perfect timing for them. So I think, you know, we still might get a couple of clicks if we do a good job. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good. 14 people. I wasn't expecting even that much enough people to be yeah. being there at the moment. Yeah. Hey, you know, so for me, like, as a regular person, I, I like guys have podcasts that come on at 11, 12, 2, 3 in the afternoon. I can't I can't make those at all. Even six. I can't I can't make those podcasts. So I usually if I if I even catch them, I, I try to catch them on a the replay. You know what I'm saying? So nice stuff is pretty good. Yeah, so um, get, get back into the topics, man. You talk about Christos. What do you think about Christos, Mr. Andy? Listen, first thing off, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back. Uh, I'm gonna get back to to the whole situation that you know came up when the the info was that he wants to get out of here, right? I don't think that's you know totally on Christos because when he came to the Knicks uh you know we had mellow right mellow was the star he knew what you can do with an organization and that being said i'm talking about uh we heard that amari stoudemire uh you know he had his his bouncer his personal bouncer became the security chief of the whole knicks you know security staff so no, and and that's probably not not Stoudemire's brother or nothing like that. I bet you that Melo got a couple of jobs, positions, you know, for for his friends at the Knicks organization. And I'm not saying maybe someone were you know selling in in the stand stuff, but but he still hooked up a couple of people with a job, right? I'm guessing that Chris Tabs being you know a foreign dude from Europe, uh, when he was you know he took his brother basically with him. And I really think that he was just looking for a job for his brother. And, you know, at that time, there was a little bit of, you know, change, not only in coaching, but also in management and stuff like that. And I think finally someone said that they got to cut it off. And, you know, it it dropped on Chris Tapps, right? He was trying to get a job with, for his brother. Uh, that didn't pan out. And he was like, listen, if everybody does it around the league, and probably that's what he heard, right? Because he's a young guy. He, he probably didn't get it. And, and I don't think that he was that much of a savvy, you know, player that you can you can get deals done, you know, under the table uh, at that young of an age. 
but his brother is a little bit older, right? He was his agent at that point. Uh, so he was looking for, uh, he was looking out for himself, basically, right? So he put up his brother to, a, you know, task to, to get him a job on the next organization because that's, that would basically hook him up for, you know, uh, a good salary, probably. And listen, I, I was thinking straight up that they were just looking for a job. So if you want to keep KP happy, just give a job for his brother. And I'm not, you know, a proponent for that, you know, that you just, you know, get job. But listen, there's around the world is like 80% of the people, maybe 70% of the people, they got jobs because they got, you know, someone working there and they got, you know, like, like you know, a job just basically out of uh, the fact that they know someone, uh, not of their skill set, you know, but just that they know someone. That's the first job or, or something like that, right? Yeah, nepotism. And, yeah, exactly. So, so I think that that was the situation. The you know the it turned south fast when the Knicks said, "No, nah, we ain't gonna do it." And then KP was like, "Whoa, I'm supposed to be the star. I'm supposed to be the the guy here, and you ain't gonna hook up my brother with something." You know, yeah, he you, wouldn't even have to you just get him on the payroll. Yeah, so, you spicy European, so I'm quite sure. Yeah, you're not gonna give me a job. Are you crazy? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? That's what that's probably what happened. So, so yeah, so quick. so listen and, and, and state that, that that's why mm-hmm. I think you know KP got you know a little bit of rough feather then. And you know, I think maybe it was an honor because there's no honor in that, but he was like, Oh, you ain't gonna do it. So then I want out. And they were like, Listen, you asked for it <laughs> pronto. We got a deal set up already. We're just gonna call these guys and deal is done. And I think he was surprised because I think he was him by saying that he wants out i think it might have been a situation where he was thinking that they basically uh you know he's gonna style it for a couple of days and then they're gonna do it because the chris Tapps trade was like before the trade deadline it wasn't the last day of the trade deadline so he was thinking like listen i got a week maybe two maybe they're gonna you know uh you know finally you know go to their senses and, and get my brother bro a job and then that that you know, like I said, that turns out. That's why it you know, and the man. I think I think the management made it look like it ain't our fault. He wanted out, but I you know, deep in my heart, I think you know, he just asked for a job that didn't pan out, and then is like, oh, I ain't gonna make a fool out of myself and stay here or whatever. So so yeah, let's go with it and let's go through with it. And that's why you know, KP and Nick now, and he's hated, you know, a couple of years after. <laughs> So I think um, real quick to answer the whole brother being hired by the Knicks, I think um, I think Chris Brickley was hired by the Knicks, and that was Carmelo's Anthony's trainer, I believe at the time. And when Phil Jackson had got hired in 2014, I believe that uh, his job was probably in jeopardy. Um, you know, and it's little things that like that. When I listened to you just now, bro, I just I thought of James Dolan. And the reason why I thought of James Dolan is because you gave our star, like you gave Carmelo Anthony that leisure to have one of his friends be hot be hired by the Knicks, right? And they didn't give that same leisure to Chris Porzingis. Um I don't believe that's good business, um, for me personally. Uh that's how draft pick. I believe that you're supposed to treat him with the utmost respect. This is why I'm still kind of pissed at the Knicks about paying Nerlens Noel before they paid um, Mitch Robinson. Uh, 
it like little stuff like that can agitate a player, bro. So no, and and honestly, I don't think I don't think Chris Stapps axed out. I just think that the Knicks just didn't want to pay. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. I, I don't think the Knicks wanted to pay. Um, he's a seven foot three big man coming off of an ACL injury. He hasn't played in a year and a half actually at the time. And I could I could only think about you know when he was sitting on the sideline and the Knicks was getting that head beat bashed in every day about um when we drafted said player with a top three pick. I'm wondering if Chris Dapps was still going to be here. Um, and the reason why I kept thinking about that, that was, it wasn't because of Chris Dabbs, bro. It was because of Steve Mills. <laughs> I didn't trust Steve Mills, bro. I mean, I, I, like, it, it, it was no way I was trusting Steve Mills, bro, because he lied. And once you lie to me as a fan, like Tom Cimarron has been doing for the past two years, I'm done with you. So I, I'm done with you. I, I think, you know, I think the Knicks just handled Chris Dash poorly, bro. Handled him poorly. Bro. Well, so. can I can I throw a name in there? J.R. Smith. His they they freaking hired his brother, Chris Smith. Yes. You know, so there was a lot of nepotism going on. So I think I think right Chris Stapps, you know, just to add to both of your points, I think Chris Stapps was just at a, at a point where the Knicks were was stopping all that bullshit. You know, they were cleaning up the front office. They were trying to get a lot of guys out, out of there that shouldn't have been there, especially um, Mr. Steve Steve Mills. You know, um, to get all those motherfuckers out of there because it was it was destroying the organization. You know, James Dolan too, getting him out of out of the office. You know, so it, it, I think it was just like a like a, a trickle down effect, and then you know, it finally came to a head when we got rid of um you know Chris Mills and just you know finally went on with this Leon Rose stuff because because um it, it's time to 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 like run the organization like a true organization, not run it like a, a, a like a I don't know what what you want to say like a like a day camp or, or whatever the the Knicks were doing, man. I, you know. Cause, cause it, that, that Chris, that Jared Smith, Chris Smith, that was that was a joke, man. We we wasted, we unwaved people, we wasted roster spots for that dude. We signed him to an actual NBA contract. He had no business being in there, you know. So you know, I think I think that's what it was. I think the, the Knicks, it just came into like a wave where the Knicks were just trying to be, uh, you know, professional, and you know, everything just came to a head, and then you know, the rest is history, you know. Yeah, but Iru, I'm not saying that it was only the Knicks. I think it's it's a situation where it goes around the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, teams and managements wants want you know the the, the player to be happy, so they're going to try to do whatever is you know capable of doing and getting him happy. Uh, listen, uh, if we can just slide a little bit, you know, on the side on this one, we can have a really good situation. Good, we can have a situation like this. Uh, really, really not far in the future. Uh, the Knicks, listen, they lost two assistant coaches. We might get, you know, uh, there, there's word out that we might get Rick Brunson as an assistant coach. Bro, ain't that going to lead to to Jalen Brunson going to be signed by the Knicks? Yeah, we got to be careful. We, we, we just explained it. We've been down that road before, you know? I, wholeheartedly, Rick Brunson, I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this. Please re-sign with the Mavs, brother. <laughs> you don't need to be in this situation, brother. Re-sign with the Mavs. Play with Luca. He's special. You continue doing what you're doing with Luca, making your 21 to $25 million. We good. I'm good, Andy. I'm good, Dara. I don't want no Jalen Brunson. I'm so over the 
B-level, C-level point guard. He's a good player. He's a good player. But can you get me a Colin Sexton? I need, I need the whole, I need the 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 sexy unknown. That's what I'm looking for. I need the the Jared Allen, the Cleveland. You get what I'm saying? Like I, I need that type of pickup. I don't need no more Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, the guy's 28 years old, this this whole journeyman bullshit. I'm I'm done with that, bro. I'm I'm so done with that. So when I when I think about guys like Chris Asporzingis, who was our draft pick, he was our draft pick. The man literally, and we've never seen this before, a rookie guy before his max deal kicks in gets traded. You've never a top five pick gets traded before his next contract on certain teams. That'll probably never happen again. I'm hoping it happens with Zion. I hope Zion go to Porzingis route. But yo, that that's when 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 you have a rookie you do that. I gotta blame the team more, man. It's how you handle them. And we was losing so much. So <laughs> you know. One name I want to throw in there, Walter Perrin. You know, we signed we we signed him to be an assistant on um, uh you know GM and we haven't heard from that motherfucker since he got since he got hired, you know what I'm saying? So but I mean one of the reasons why he got hired might have been for Donovan Mitchell to try to get him over here eventually. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, also Johnny Bryan, listen, uh yeah, Johnny, Johnny Bryan, you know, uh he 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 were, was working really closely with the guards on 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 the jazz team. So I was thinking that you know they're gonna give an opportunity to Bryant. Uh, as far as an assistant coach but deep deep under you know i think they they were like listen we got the first step made we got the phone number of spider so we can we can at least call that dude <laughs> <laughs> it got him one freaking um what is it like a what's that shit a speed dial yeah <laughs> facetime and shit yeah all right so let's keep it on that subject real quick interesting now that i got both of you guys here I might as well shoot this question. In. How do y'all both feel about Tom Thibodeau, man? Everybody knows how I feel about him. I don't care about what new rotations I see. I don't care about him because anything new that I see from him is due to injury or is due to COVID. It's not because he wants to do it genuinely. Like it's certain things in life, Andy, that you do for your kids or you do for your friends or anybody else that you love genuinely, right? Tibbs, this 64-year-old maniac, he don't do things genuinely. He don't he didn't play Quentin Grimes because he wanted to genuinely play him. He played him because of injury. So how do you how do y'all feel about Thibodeau? Because I'm done with him. I want him fired this summer. If he's back next season, listen, I love I love Dog. Dog gonna have to talk me back to the he's gonna have to talk me back to her because I'm out on him. He comes back next season. I don't think we're making the playoffs for him next season. So that next season is going to be a therapy session for me. Because I, I, I go ahead. I, I gotta say, I, I don't love no man. You know, um, you know, State keeps saying he loves me. I don't know about that, man. You know, I keep trying to tell him. You know, I, I like I like women, and you know what I'm saying. But you know, what, what do you think, Andy? Because me, me, me and State have basically got the same opinion about it. So what do you think about Andy? Listen, for me, uh, I, I hate his offense. That's that's one. And I hate it because of like not one thing. I, I hate it because it's really bad. It's several things. It's basically you could flip it around and 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 I would like to watch the Knicks a little bit better, right? 
<laughs> so he's a problem. That that's for sure. He's a problem. Uh, I'm not saying that you know he's and he's probably the main problem actually. Uh, it's not like he's not. That's one of one of three things or stuff like that. He's a problem, and he's probably the biggest problem. But what's your solution? Because you know, just changing him for you know and sitting even sim from nothing but nicks on the bench. Listen, that's not the whole solution that you got to be looking for. Uh, you know, taking up a, a rookie coach. You think Johnny Bryan is going to make a better job than Tibbs? Like straight off the bat, because you know, I'm not saying that in five years, because the Knicks fan base ain't taking five years of Johnny Bryan not making the playoffs. We got to get clear about that. Listen, Mike Miller was an interim coach, and we were, and some fans were like, uh, yeah, listen, you know what, what he could do because he had like you know 30 games, right? Listen, it's like Randall said, you can do nine things out of 10 good, that one thing you do bad, fans are going to point it out, they ain't going to praise you on that nine good things you did. So, listen, if we got a solution and if you guys got a name. I can listen, but if just if it's just to change things, it, listen, I, I don't like juggling things around. I rather have stability, and at least I'm going to know what's going to happen, and then I can judge him. Listen, he didn't, you know, uh, change up the offense. I can blame him, and I'm blaming him, you know, this day, today, right? I'm just saying that maybe at least it's going to be a situation when these guys, you know, have that chemistry so high that we can actually win a couple of more games and a couple of more games is going to get us into the playing. I'm not saying that we're going to be number four seed again, the almighty four seed. Uh, I don't see it because the East is so better, uh, you know, this year that, you know, I, I think I was one, I saw already on Twitter, like you guys were talking about the Twitter beefs, right? I saw a guy, I, I don't remember which one it was. He was pulling out receipts that Knicks fans were saying, oh, we're going to be 52 wins, 55 wins, you know, 60 wins this season. I already, after we signed Fournier and after we signed Kemba, I was like, yeah, these guys are better than what we had, but we still ain't going to repeat the fourth seed. That's not going to happen. Forget about that. You know, from from just from the jump, I said that's not gonna happen. I was counting silently on the sixth seed, and if Fournier would pan out, you know, earlier, if he would be playing like this from the beginning of the season, we would be in that sixth seed. There were so many things that went south on the season: the Derrick Rose injury, Kemba didn't pan out. Like, I don't think there was a man on earth thinking that Kemba's situation is gonna be that that this bad. State, you were thinking Kemba's situation is going to be this bad. He, he wouldn't, you know, start for for any other team in the league. I think you can find a team that Kemba would start and he would play way better than he did with the Knicks. And that's the, another thing that I'm bringing on tips because he ain't losing his players good. Oh, yeah. from one yeah. to 15, he ain't using nobody good, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yo, can I say something? Can I say something? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you guys, man. It's not Kimball Walker's fault. Now that I'm looking at, when I look at the season in, in its totality, Kimball Walker could have started every game this season. But yeah. when you got a guy in Evan Fournier making damn near 18 million, right? And I tell guys all the time that 
MSG Politics is undefeated. MSG Politics is undefeated. These guys will not sit a guy due to how much he's getting paid. So, you know, realistically, you could have started Kimber Walker with Quentin Grimes, with R.J. Barrett, with Julius Randle, and Mitchie Robinson, and you could have won games. That's that, that's realistically. But when you start Kemba with Evan Fournier, this is what you get. And even and, 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 and even when we started Kemba, yo, bro, our record was like 12 and 13. So it wasn't like we was really horrible. I, I mean, hey. No, I say I'm just I'm just saying that it's it's not Kemba's fault in the situation that he wasn't put in the position to play his basketball to his strengths. Listen, if you want to put a point guard, listen, we're playing Alec Burks at point guard. That's why Alfred Payton wasn't a stupid option if you just want a guy to dribble up the court and pass it and run to a corner. You don't need to pay anyone money for that. Listen, you, you would get a janitor out there just to put up the ball off the court, pass it and stand in the corner and never get the ball back. So if you're thinking a former all-star that can make buckets, and we saw he had a 40, what, 44? couple point game this season so he can he can he can score but it's not like he's gonna have three opportunities and if he hits three out of three he's gonna take the fourth shot right on the fifth shot if he makes them and then he misses one and and sims your tips is gonna you know give him the sims treatment that he's just gonna yell at him because he missed one shot so i'm thinking that Campbell walker was really poorly uh you know uh, put into this offense and from the beginning of the season i believe you know we still we till this day i still think fournier could should be in another situation here uh but i'm leaving that at the end of the season state i want all the numbers out there mm. on fournier and we're gonna debate fournier so I, I don't want to be, you know, like uh, I'm going to defend Fournier now because you guys are going to say, oh, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't. Nah, nah, uh, I, I, want... I, I like, no, I, you want me to be honest with you? I kind of like Evan Fournier. Like, I, like, I, I, like, I like him now a little bit. Well, I like him in the sense of he's the shooter. He can shoot, bro. And when I seen that list of the, um, the Knicks, uh, uh, three point, uh, most makes in the season, and I've seen that John Starks was first with 217. That means in Knicks history, we need some better shooters. That 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 217 is the most in Nick history for three-point makes. Can we get some better shooters, fellas? <laughs> but, but, you know, I but like I, Evan. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go even further with that Evan talk, but that's for – I want the whole season to be gone. Because uh-huh. I don't want anyone saying, "Oh, he didn't play this for the, from the beginning." Or something. No, the numbers are going to be for the season. So right. anybody going to you know talk about you know any BS about Fournier anymore after I get that episode on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Evan though. I, me, me and uh, Don, <laughs> we haven't had a personal convo about Evan in like a couple weeks. Uh, I think we should soon. But, yo, Evan good with me, bro. He's a shooter. I know he's not a great defender like that. I know he – at least he tries, right? He doesn't do the Julius Randle and and just – he's just not giving effort. I know he tries, but he's just limited. Sometimes he has lapses, like, you know, about those rebounds a couple – last couple of games. It was like the ball was damn nearly – you can, you know, grab a – you know, a – 
a rebound just just by putting your arm out right so mm-hmm. so there's gonna ha- you know people gonna have lapses that that's you know regularly right and listen if they would be in a situation when if we win this game we're making the finals that dude will be diving for that ball since we are like listen you know that one possession ain't, ain't it so no that's why they're gonna run with it like that so but I really believe that you know Fournier's numbers after the season are going to show plenty of things, and if we would be using him correctly, it would be a totally different story. Hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I, I think. Um, oh, you're going to be mad because I'm going to compare his numbers to who? RJ. Everyone. everyone. Oh, RJ no Julius, bro, former Knicks. I'm going to compare him. I have no problem with that. Let me let me throw this at you, this at y'all to uh, go into the next subject. Um, you know, uh, Kenny Payne left. Um, he left for Louisville. Um, Mike Woodson left. Uh, he left for his alma mater, Indiana. Uh, I find it interesting about what Julius Randle said. Um, he said something in his interview about uh, when Mike Woodson left, it was an adjustment. I found that very interesting. That has not left me. And then he said when Kenny Payne left, it was another adjustment. And um, Knicks assistant coach Darren Ehrman moved to the front of the bench after Kenny Payne took the Louisville job. Uh, Well, that's our new top assistant, and he's leading the NBA's best defense right now uh, since the All-Star break. So, you know, do you think Kenny Payne leaving – who does it affect the most? And I think, honestly, I I think that affects like Randall and Mitch to a degree. Uh, Kenny Payne leaving. Iru, you want to take it? Well, I, I'm like drowning over here, so you know I got to give it to to one of you guys until until I get my situation settled over here, man. Okay, my, so my, listen, my, uh, this, this is what my backup system, so it's kind of like all jacked up. <laughs> yeah, for, for listen, so for me, I think, yeah, it, it's like you said, state, uh, that it's definitely gonna, uh, you know, affect Randall the most. One, because you know, he's also, uh, they went to Kentucky, right? And he was a Kentucky assistant, so they know, know each other from there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think he was a like, like a father figure for, for you know, the young guys uh and basically big man right uh because he was like that big man coach i don't think we have anyone strictly from big man and i think that was kenny payne's role then again um and that was probably also woody's uh, role to be a father figure for the guys from the bench that if they don't want to tell something straight up to to the head coach they go through him if they don't want to go through Taj, through D-Rose, and they just, you know, want to say something, uh, you know, I think, you know, a head coach like Tibbs wouldn't appreciate uh, mm. pointers from, from, from his roster. So so I'm guessing that was like the, like the leeway, right? So the easy easy route for, for them. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's the, that's, that's going to be the situation with Randall. But, uh then again i don't think randall listen he's a grown man he has a family now he can't act like he we saw him act this season you know i understand that he's still young 
But listen, he's supposed to be the top paid player on this roster and probably is now, right? Because since RG is going to get that, you know, bag. Uh, so I think, you know, he's going to be the top played player on this roster and you got to lead the team. And I'm not saying that he might not have the best leaderships, you know, qualities and stuff like that, but he still has to show up at that category for me, at least. So if you're not leading by example on the, on the, on the court, uh, you at least got to be, you know, that, that mental support that, you know, the young guys know that they can refer to, right. Defer to. And I don't think Randall is that actually. And I'm not also, you know, blaming it fully on him. I just think that comes with the territory with the, you know, the responsibility for your teammates. And I don't think he's, you know, um, a good thing about that. Then again, listen, if I'm Randall also, my coach is getting paid. He's getting a head coach gig for the money that I saw the the, the salary is going to be above three million. I don't think he was earning that with the Knicks as an assistant coach. Oh no, nah, he made he I think he was the top of paid Nick assistant in the NBA. James but, Dolan be paying them brothers, man. Oh, I was thinking, but listen, he, listen, he still took the money for basically 75% of the season, right? So even if he leaves now, he's gonna get that that money. But but yeah, uh listen, a, a head coach gig at his alma alma mater is is something that you know probably everybody dreams of, right? So I'm not blaming Kenny Pay of leaving unless his motivation was like this ship is sinking, so I'm out of here. So, <laughs> and he was looking for that job because, you know, that's the other thing. If they came to him, I'm cool with it. But if he was looking for that job because he's, in, you know, and unhappy with Tibbs and, and stuff like that, you know, that, that's a bad look for, for, for Tibbs. And that might have been a situation state. I'm not going to lie that, listen, Tibbs is known that he ain't listening to those assistant coaches. They can be on the bench, but... He like uh, sometimes we see Johnny Bryan like run to Tibbs to mid court even and like you know whisper something in his ear. Tibbs be like whatever and you know so so you no know, that might be a situation and and you know just having assistant coaches just to practice with these two guys that those two guys but I'm gonna tell you what to practice and you know, I mean exactly you know the drill. Listen. I don't think, you know, these guys, even as assistant coaches, uh, you know, if you tell them, listen, work on post moves, they got the, you know, the knowledge to put in their drills, right? You can adjust them with a main coach, but just, you know, just just not, you know, thinking about them having the knowledge and, the, the you know, the coaching abilities to, to teach these guys something. It might be a little bit disrespectful for them. That's why I think, you know, maybe maybe Kenny Payne was like, listen, he ain't letting me do my job, coach, you know, uh, at the university. It was what, Calipari? Or, or what? It was like, he at least let me do my drills. He ain't, Tibbs ain't letting me do that. So I'm going to just bounce at the first situation. And when that situation came up, he, he, he might have just, you know, sent it a CV, right? And and the guys at Louisville like, oh, wow, we got this guy. Let's run with him. So, man, yo, that's tough, man. That's tough. That's gonna be an adjustment, man. I, I hope for Tibbs' sake. Uh, I hope the, I hope the ship don't sink on him personally because it can ship, it, it can sink fast. Um, when Mike Woodson left, I noticed a big change in the Knicks' offense. 
I, I I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but I noticed a big change, man. It was it is it was less ball movement, man. Uh, less diversity. Um, my, in Mike Wilson's offense, it was always four out, one in. So we used to see a lot of Julius Randle in the paint and four guys out. Uh, we don't really see that a lot no more. Um, we see a lot of Randle in the pinch post. We see a lot of Randle ISO. And it's all about playing your players in, you know, situations where they can succeed. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, knocks on Tibbs is not putting his players in situations to succeed. And I think it's going to be even worse, man, without Kenny Payne here on the bench. Um, you know, I, I want Tibbs fired anyway, but I don't want him to go out like a sucker. Um, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't want him to go out uh, 10 games, 10 game losing streak. You know, I, I'd rather him go out just him just not getting out the first round uh, for three straight years. And now we know we got to move on. Yeah, um, I, I was listening to uh, a podcast earlier. I was listening to Knuckleheads and I was listening to Steph Curry and I was listening to Steph Curry talk about um, Draymond Green. And, you know, it's funny how we're talking about our roster and Stephen Curry said that every championship roster needs an asshole, um, needs uh, Draymond Green, uh, a vocal guy, uh, a guy who's going to scream at everybody, a guy who everybody respects in the locker room. And when I look at the Knicks roster right now, I just see a bunch of nice guys. Um, Julius Randle is supposed to be the that guy. But he's just not mentally wired that way. So, um, do you do you think? Am, am I wrong for saying that the Knicks need an, an a hole? Uh, we need somebody who's rah rah and in less. Pause. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pause. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Yo, State. I, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, I agree with you on this point that the Knicks need a guy like that because we don't have him. Actually, we might have an asshole. I don't think we have the asshole that people respect. <laughs> so, so you know, there might be a couple of assholes on this team. We don't know, but but yeah, I think you know if uh, that's what I was talking about. You know, referring to uh, Julius Randle leadership that it comes with a contract. If you don't have a guy like we had in Mook Morris, he was that dude. On that team till we traded him dudes referred to him dudes 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 were like listen oh you know he could you know do a dirty foul here and there and that was fine with with the guys now if, if someone just does it like randall would do a stupid foul you know there's not going to be plenty of guys just you know okay calm down stuff like that because they know that that was playing out stupid it wasn't to send the message that was playing out a stupid foul right and if Mook did it, it was like, I'm just going to foul someone. So the team, you know, grows a little bit. You know, they, they put out the chest, you know, in the front. So so they know that we're not buddy, not about to be get punked and stuff like that. When Julius does a, you know, hard foul, it's basically just a stupid foul. Uh, and nobody, does, he doesn't have that charisma in him, uh, you know, for people to follow him. And, and that's, I, I think that's also a problem. And I think charisma is a thing that you can teach. It's something you just get like born with. So, so I think you know Julius definitely isn't that guy. And you know, on the asshole part, I think he might be closer to that part. But you know, 
but but I don't think he's he got you know good leadership uh, qualities. So that's why probably you know this team also is in a in a problem because we don't have that guy. Maybe Reggie Bullock was that guy. You know, I don't think Taj can be that guy because Taj is he's so nice. He you know he might say something behind closed doors. You know, or if uh, you know a scuffle is around the you know the 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 court, he can be like, okay, guys, don't do it. We're gonna get fined. We're gonna get something like that, right? So he's just gonna try to make it a little bit quieter there around there. And the, the 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 worst thing is, do you guys really think that players can go to Taj or to D Rose just to send a message? You know, something to the coaches. For example, you know, I don't know. I know that Sims is not going to do it, but for example, Obi would go to Taj and say, "Like, listen, I, I would really love to have more playing time, and you know, if you could, you know, whisper a word to Tibbs for me." And Taj would be like, "Listen, you got to work your work up, you work your way up, right?" And if I just can't imagine Tibbs, Taj going to his office and say, "Like, listen." Obi's unhappy on the bench. I think we got to give him more playing time. Tibbs would be like, Taj, just close the door behind you, bro. <laughs> he yeah, would be like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think that was that would be the situation rather than, you know, that they could say, like, listen, maybe, you know, quickly, you know, would like to, you know, well, quickly is a bad example, man. I don't like that player. Um, maybe someone Ooh. like you know, uh, that, that it, it would have actually legs to the story, right? And 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 Tibbs would like reconsider it. I don't think even Taj or D Rose are the guys that can, I, I don't think there's a person on the world that can say something to Tibbs and he would reconsider his, you know, uh, offense or whatever, his <laughs> philosophy. So that's that's yeah. the problem with the assistant coaching and him, you know, yeah. That, that's the point I was going to say too. I was going to rewind you guys back to 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 Woodson. I, I think um, I think uh, State was the one that said it. He said uh, Woodson's offense, right? So I mean, like uh, if Tom said was doing something wrong, I think Woodson was the only one that could come out that had enough um, cachet to say anything to Tom Thibodeau, and he would listen. You know, uh, you know, Ken, shout, shout out to Kenny Payne. Uh, I, I think that that um that, that um, Tom Thibodeau wasn't listening to Kenny Payne. He wasn't listening to Johnny Bryan and none of these guys. So you know, Woodson not being there, I think Woodson was was literally like the assistant coach. You know, like, like um in the ear. I say like a like a Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has um has that other guy. What's um what's it what's his top assistant that he had at, at one point, Steve Kerr? The dude he that got was on Atkinson um, now. He got plenty yeah, he of had, guys yeah. actually there on that on that on the you know coaching staff. Yeah, he has Atkinson now. Um when they won the championships, he had that other dude from Cleveland. Um the one Mike Brown. Mike Brown, yeah, Mike Brown, yeah. Yeah, Mike Brown yes. as a top assistant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you need those guys in order to um you know, to to reel the reel the coaching because sometimes the coach is drowning and you need that assistant coach to tell him, listen, man, you this that's not it. You know, the, so the coaching staff needs the same thing as, as the players do. As far as the players, look, look at Julius Randle running running around. There's nobody that's gonna that's gonna check him and stop him and bring him back to earth. You know, so you know, Nick Nick's have a lot of have a lot of issues with that. I think RJ is getting there. You know, you can see him pulling the guys into huddles and stuff like that. He's getting there. But I mean, you know, he, he might he might be like maybe next year or the year after that he might he might pull into that role. But um, you know, the, the next that's the next problem right there. The next next need accountability not only in, in the players amongst themselves, but they also need accountability in the in the coaching staff. And um, that bridge where you talking about going into like the the coach's office to have that conversation, that's no good either, man. Most most championship um, teams, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure Draymond Green has an open, you know. You know, matter of fact, the whole the whole team has probably have like an open office thing with with Kerr. 
you know, you know, uh, Phil Jackson used to give guys books and stuff. They used to hang out after, you know, so most, most championship teams, they, they have an open, like an open door policy, you know? So I think, I think that, that needs to change as well. Yeah. And listen, with the assistant, like picking the next assistant coach or, or like you said, like a guy that was a head coach in the NBA that you can actually rely on, like changing these things and stuff like that. He has to be handpicked by Tibbs. Because if they are going to bring, I don't care who, for uh, D'Antoni, Atkinson, wh whoever, right? Tibbs is going to be like, oh, these guys are getting another head coach. In case I screw up, he, he's going to take my job. So I don't think he was afraid that, you know, he's going to lose his job to Johnny Bryant. Because, you know, he, he's a young guy and stuff like that. But I think if you bring uh, a former NBA head coach on the staff for Tibbs, that he was like... Yeah, listen, I don't know. Maybe he's going to help. Maybe I could use him and stuff like that. That would be like looking for Tibbs' replacement while he's still the coach. So I think, you know, it has to be a guy that Tibbs is 100% on board with because uh, we're going to, you know, start screwing up from the front office, you know, down, and that's going to be, again, an issue, which the fans are going to point out like after five games. Andy, can I be honest with you? Of course. I don't. I don't give a shit about catering, nothing to tip Tom Thibodeau. Um, to hell with Tom Thibodeau, to hell with what he wants. Um, uh, I know that you probably know you and uh, but you know, some of those coaches on Tibbs bench was from Leon Rose, actually in World Wide West. World Wide West was the one who said to Leon Rose to give him some of his assistance. He didn't want too many Tom Thibodeau assistance on the bench so um that's the reason why you got kenny payne and you got johnny bryant and those guys so i'm firmly against getting guys who are who are just for tips like i, I i'm against that i'm firmly against well, that that, that might have been the biggest problem though you know because tom Tibble didn't really get to pick his coaching staff you know tom Tibble, he, he most of the coaching staff is guys that the front office picked so I mean, usually, um, usually the you know the coach is allowed to pick their whole staff, and he didn't, he wasn't allowed to do that. So that, that's a problem in itself, because there's nobody to check Tom Thibodeau, because he don't respect yeah. nobody out there. Yeah, but here's my rebuttal for that. Was it a problem during the Almighty Fourth Seed? No. <laughs> so, so well, like, well, you made the point. Woodson probably was the coach. Woodson probably was like the main offensive coach or, or at least a branch between the players and the coach you know to make damn. everything come together damn you got me with that one you got me with that one um yo everything the most important people for the Knicks right now um moving forward is the people we don't see I think those are the most important people man um because my biggest gripe about this season I think overall when it comes to you know, us making the plan and us uh, tanking is I don't want to be in no man's land. Um, I, I don't want to be stuck in the middle of the road. I don't want a middle of the road lottery pick. Uh, I feel like we actually deserve a top three pick this year if we don't make the playoffs. Um, Adam Silva gave the Lakers a bone in 2019 and moved them up from 12 to four in the lottery. Uh, you move the Grizzlies up a bunch of spots to get them John Morant. Um, you move everybody else up in the lottery, but you don't want to help the Knicks out. 
I think this is probably the first offseason where we're actually not – we're not even trying to tank. That's what's crazy about this season, dog, that we're not trying to tank. We're trying to win every game. And even though we're still losing, I, I just feel like we just deserve it, man. We deserve some type of compensation for the almighty fourth seed, man. I, I need compensation for that, man. I'm looking at Scotty Barnes, 37, 10 and 6, and I'm hurt. <laughs> so I, I need I need compensation for that. So I I don't know, man. A plan or or a top four pick, man, something, man. Playing against the Nets or you know the Hornets, and then we beat them. I think that'll be that that'll salvage my season for me, man. Uh, a plan win or or a top five pick, man. What do, you, what do you think about that, Andy? What do you think about tanking? Because I, I, me and Josh was talking about that. You know, I, I just don't think, in my opinion, about tanking. I just think we, we can tank because if you quote unquote tank, we still might win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because if if you take out some of the guys that are playing, you know, like like um our point guards and all this, if you change the rotation as far as point guards and shooting guards, you know, we still might win. You know, so you know the only way that we we can truly tank is if we just say um tell Julius Randle to go take a nap or something like that for the rest of the season. That's like the only thing that yeah. can really happen. Yeah, I was going to say that, listen, the definition for tanking for me is like you clearly get the info before the game that, listen, we ain't winning this game. So you play like three quarters and you see what's the situation. If the game, if that tanking, you know, thing sells itself like we're down 20, you just write out the game, right? But if you're like up and you got to lose, so I'm going to make a route, you know, a pass to the to the stands, whatever, just throw a, you know, a ball at someone's, you know, foot. So, so you get, you know, you lose on purpose. That's tanking for me. Switching up and playing young guys or guys that didn't get burned on the roster ain't actually tanking for me because, like you said, man, we might win more games with those guys than we were what we got on the court. So, so you know, and you could you probably you know switch up the tactics and just see if it's gonna work and then blame it all. Oh, listen, we we switch up the tactics and it didn't work. I was thinking it might be better or stuff like that. And I would be cool with trying things, meanwhile losing, but tanking straight up like we, we're up five and we're just going to throw two passes to the stands straight up. That That's going to look bad. So oh, yeah, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, actually, that's tanking, right? But listen, I, if I wanted to lose games, I'd rather go with like, listen, tips. Change up the offense. We want to see if Fournier can be a point guard or whatever, right? And then see what's going to happen. And if it ain't going to happen... Let's see if Mitchell Robinson can be a point guard. That'll, that'll tank the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's play Mitch at a three. Maybe he can, you know, dribble, dribble, and, and you know, get to the lane and dunk on someone. So... Yeah, that, listen. You, so you know, you gotta I'm, be very I'm not straight up. If, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not straight up for tanking. I'm not straight up for tanking. I'm just um, cool with trying other things, other guys, you know, and then losing, rather than like straight up. Listen, we ain't gonna win this game. Uh, if we're up twenty, we gotta lose that lead in the fourth quarter. Listen, well, you know what I was gonna say. You gotta be very careful because the NBA will, will accuse the Knicks of uh, purposely, you know, losing games, and we might end up losing a draft pick for the next five years because, you know, we decide to, like, uh, throw games at the end of this year. So that's you got to be very, very uh, careful with that, too, you know? Yeah. So, so 
you know, I I give y'all I give y'all a good example. Um, the OKC Thunder. Um, OKC will never ever get the one pick. You know why, fellas? Because they're blatantly tanking. So, tanking to me is playing straight young guys, regardless of the results, win or lose. But you usually will lose more games than you win, right? So OKC has been playing young guys from game one to now, right? What we're doing is not tanking, right? It's something that I don't want them to do. But, you know, I would like to see Miles McBride and quickly start with RJ Barrett. That's just me personally. But the Knicks aren't tanking. So you will have to subject yourself to see Alec Burke starting, you know, for the rest of the year in Evan Fournier. And we're going to shut up and we're going to love it. <laughs> it, it's, it hurts, bro. <laughs> yeah, but see, I still see OKC, listen, I, they got like everybody young that there. I don't think they got anyone on the roster that Steven Adams, so not Steven Adams. Um, who, who, no, this, the, the center is right now. Roby now. He's still a young guy, so yeah. I don't think they got even vets on that roster. So that it looks like they're tanking from day one, and you know I think they're still waiting for that one two picks like like Philly did. Philly was like tanking twelve years straight up, and they had like four top four top I think picks. Right, there's only one dude left on that from the from that tanking you know ten years, only one dude, only Embiid. Yo, so yeah. you know and th- listen. That's just the general manager's philosophy of building a team. At one point, I could understand it because if you're such in a shithole like OKC is, that you had three almost MVP caliber players for the season and you still couldn't work it out, I think that the route for you is like set, man. I don't think anybody's signing like any respectful free agent there. So you just got to draft the guy on a certain year that's going to be the LeBron. So they're going to tank next 10 years. If, you know, if, uh, you know, generational talent isn't going to, you know, pop to their hands. But you, you made that point, man. They, they had three. Yeah, they had, yeah. they had three MVPs. They had Harden, they had Westbrook and they had Durant and they had them in on one roster. On one roster, and they couldn't keep him there. Hold, hold so, on. Along with Serge Ibaka, Jeff yeah. Green. I remember that young yo. That and, was a young, good roster, man. They only that was Nick Collison, I believe. No, I think that was he was he was in the draft with some one of the those guys, but he still was like an uh, you know a respectful center. So he could he could be a starting center in the league back in the day. Maybe not the top tier, or whatever, but he he could be on the court at least with those guys so yeah and stay but listen i i got this whole philosophy about this tanking thing also now when the lottery is changed that that's one story right the lottery is changed you still got if we end up as the knicks on the 12th seed whatever mm-hmm. we still got like 18 or 17 percent chances of getting up to the top four seeds right mm-hmm. in the draft but uh for me the 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 thing is totally different if they would totally revamp the whole lottery system there will be no lottery literally you will play for the picks 
that's way easy to do, State, because you would basically reward teams that don't make the playoffs, and there are like one piece away from changing the landscape of the NBA. For example, you know the who's going to be uh, the ninth seed now. I'm not going to say the Nets because screw them. Uh, for example, the Hornets. But but what incentive? Yeah. So real quick, what incentive do I have just to play devil's advocate? If I'm a player on that said team, what incentive do I have to play hard in a game for a lottery pick that might take my rotational minutes? We all human here, Andy. I'm yeah, not yeah. letting nobody yeah. else take my minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand that state, but listen, mm -hmm. you're playing for uh you're playing for the playoffs. That's one. That's why you gotta be, you know, top of you know, you want to be top in the standings, right? You don't make the playoffs, then they do a bracket. Like mm -hmm. the top 16 gets a bracket, and you know, the, the bottom whatever is left, right? They they get a bracket, and they basically play for the pick. Listen, if you're gonna be playing bad, the team is still just gonna, you know, trade you. Why they need a player that's gonna, you know, you know, turn around and, and not play for the team? You would trade that guy in a minute if you would know whoever you know is not playing to, to win for your team, right? Why you need a player like that on your roster? So for me, if you would do a bracket for the la for the teams that you know, even just maybe not the yeah you could do it probably in a bracket but you could just put the bottom four five teams four teams because you got to have you know an even number and just let them pick between you know 10 and 12 10 and 14 screw them so it's tanking is not going to be rewarded in any way in literally any way and meanwhile the team that's going to be like 10th 11th in the, in the conference then you get that missing piece and you change the landscape of the NBA. And, you know, this year we, you didn't see the, the Hornets in the playoffs. Next year they get a top four pick and they get to the playoffs. Definitely, right? And someone from the playoffs got to fall down. So that would be interesting, for at, at least from my standpoint. That would be interesting because we wouldn't have franchise built for the next 20 years that they're going to make the, the, the playoffs, right? Because that would be a bigger rotation. Meanwhile, no, losing wouldn't be rewarded because you would be like literally having 10 to 14 pick. And those guys, you would have to, you know, really have luck to get a pick there that, that would contribute to your team. Andy, I got an effective way, Andy and Dahar. I got, while you was talking, I, I was listening to you and I thought of effective an effective way to eliminate Tank and Fiber. This is how you end Tank and Fiber, Andy. The 14 teams that's in the lottery, give them the same lottery odds. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be fun as well. <laughs> so, so, so literally, literally, I have no incentive to lose anymore. We don't, I'm going to ask you, if you were owner and the lottery odds is the same between all 14 teams, why the fuck am I trying to lose? <laughs> Listen, they, they could also make something like that, that depending on the wins in the season, you just get extra cash that you split through the players. Like, like listen, every every 82 games they, they get, for, for every W, they get like a million, right? And they split it up 15 ways. Mm -hmm. You know, guys will be, I'm not saying that that would be like, a, you know, that they, they would kill for that money, right? 
because they got still plenty of cash from, from the regular contract. But, you know, at least guys would, would ball out because it was like, ah, we're going to get like five more wins. Was, that's going to be like, you know, half a million, uh, you know, uh, uh, game for, for you know, to, to split for maybe the best player. Maybe they can split. They're not going to split like 15 ways, right? Just just some, you know, better players going to get a little bit more and stuff like that. So they would play at least for the money. I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you got a family to feed, you're going to play for that money regardless. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, a million of 15 ways is still ain't, you know, something you got you got to put out, you know, at the strip club. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, whatever incentive that you can get, you know, to to improve, you know, a team. But you don't want you don't want teams losing on purpose. So that's the reason why, like, I propose the whole just give every team the same lottery odds. Um, if you give them the same lottery odds, literally every time, literally the lottery would be a, a, an event. Because if the team with the four, with with the the fourteenth odds, let's say if a team like, let's say if the team like the Nets, right? I'm just, I'm just putting a hypothetical out there to to, to get people like, what the? F-? So let's say if the team like the Nets, right? They are the temp seed. They end the season as the temp seed. And, you know, they lose in the play-in, right? They just magically lose. So let's say they go into the lottery. They got the same odds to get the first pick as the Pistons. So now if you're a Pistons fan, you're like, yo, I don't know, man. So imagine if they or, or, or – What's another oil team like the Hornets? Imagine they have a better record than you, and they jumped you in the lottery for one pick. But at the same time, it's like it eliminates tanking because I don't want to see the pro, I don't want to see the number one pick always go to a trash team. I'm sick of that as well. Like, how do you how dare you send Zion Williamson to New Orleans? I don't want to see him in a Pelican jersey. <laughs> But you know that—that's what I propose um, to officially end tanking. Yeah, listen, I, I think with with that scenario, you would have to do like something that if you were a top five team, you can't get the top five next year because that shit would be ridiculous. Like, if if for example, like you know the the, the like you said, the Pelicans are gonna get like this, and they're they're out of the blue, like the tenth seed in the West, and they now they get like top four seed and again and they're the the ninth seed and they get closer to the playoffs and they still get the top seed like 10 years in a row you would be like listen you ain't making still the playoffs with all these picks screw you boom so they, they should divide these teams like top five they just go to another bucket and, and you pick from them you know after the five first you know lottery picks are are sort, sorted then just you know pick from those guys that, that didn't pick the top five last year. Yo, yeah. But, you know, Matt, yeah. One point, one point I want to make with this um with the lottery thing is that like these these players they say like um like Deuce McBride and all that that would be an incentive for those guys to play hard too because I I'm like like begging for him to like just take the spot already because because he's here. You know so um, but if if um, everybody's in the lottery and the Knicks end up getting in the lottery then um then his replacement is coming. You know, so you, you're going to have to play now in order to prevent your, your replacement from coming in here. Because, I mean, if Jaden Ivey was drafted by the Knicks, then Deuce gets pushed further down down the line. And we definitely don't – don't he, you know, as, as a competitor, as a player, you just don't want that to happen. 
you know, so that that, that might be an incentive for guys to play extra harder, you know. Yeah, that's a fact. Especially, yeah, man. Especially with um, I think this should be the last subject. Um, I actually, I, I asked another question that, uh, you know, I knew that I was going to, I knew I was going to get a lot of uh, blowback on the tweet, but I know a lot of like logical Nick fans would understand like where I'm coming from, and. You brought up already. It was uh, Derrick Rose, and uh, no, I, I love Derrick Rose. Um, he's a, a part of the reason why our season is going to uh, straight hell because you know Derrick Rose. He did a lot for our team, but um, at the same time, uh, I just listened to you say Jaden Ivy, and you know, I, I can only imagine if we had got the fourth pick and we draft Jaden Ivy, and Tibbs say some bullshit to me, like, you know, Jaden Ivey got to compete for minutes. I will throw my laptop off my balcony. If I got to watch Ivy or Shet or one of these dudes have to come off the bench, I'm I'm out. I'm out. I, I, I don't need to see that no more. So when I think about Derrick Rose, it's like I know he's going to come back. He probably going to come back next season. But it's like, come back for what? Um. I'm looking for a starting point guard. I know Derrick Rose is not a starting point guard. I want Emmanuel quickly to play. Um, I hate the I hate Emmanuel quickly's play style. And if we had a trade, um, he's the first kid I'm shipping out of the door. Um, and I love quickly to death, but he's the first kid I'm shipping out of the door. But you know, quickly's my backup point guard right now. I would like to keep him there. He's actually flourishing right now in the, in, in a six man role. Um, quickly he's averaging like 15 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists. But you know, where's the room for Derrick Rose? He's not a shooting guard. Quickly is my backup point guard. I need a starting point guard. What do I? What am? The only thing that keeps Derrick Rose here is Tom Thibodeau. So is Derrick Rose my starting point guard next season? I know that's not realistic. So. We, one of y'all, like, t- tell me, what do we do with this whole Derrick Rose conundrum? Because I see you got Deuce McBride. I love the, the, the background, by the way, Andy. I, I keep staring at the picture, the number two. So I, I see the picture, but, you know, um, talk to me, man. So y'all talk to me, man, with this, this whole Derrick Rose uh, situation, man. Yeah, listen, for, for me, Derrick Rose, he actually doesn't have that much value because – the Knicks ain't going to trade them and to any team except like the Bulls. They ain't going to do anything bad for D-Rose. And listen, he he had the opportunity to go to probably whatever team he wanted to get off the bench. Mm-hmm. He picked the Knicks because I think it's close. And listen, he what, what teams he played for? The Pistons? That's close to Chicago. The, the Knicks probably because he has Tibbs here. That's like one of the, you know, he's, he's such a family dude that he, he needs to have a clear cut situation that if something happened home, he just jumps on a plane and he's out of here. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think, you know, that's, that's a huge thing for him that he could tell Tibbs, listen, mid midnight, he can just send him a, you know, a message on the phone. (laughs) I ain't coming home tomorrow. And he's like, nobody going to say a word. So I think that's why he's with the Knicks because of Tibbs. And and the other thing is, any other team, I think it's only the, the Bulls that he's going to play for because that's home.
That's home. That's that's the only other team that he will play for. So it's the Knicks and the Bulls. And that's why I don't think, you know, uh, a team like San Antonio, the Lakers, whatever, they can throw at the Knicks great trades. They ain't going to trade for him because he's just going to buy out the contract and go home. So I think that's the case with D-Rose. Interesting. So D-Rose only of a situation realistically is back with the Chicago Bulls. Derrick Rose with Kobe White, by the way. You know, I'm gonna just throw that out there. Um, you know, it, you know, it's just a thought, you know, Derrick Rose with Kobe White. But um well, Derek Moore, White. He, he makes 14 million dollars, bro, man. Like if, if you're gonna buy him out or anything like that, he makes 14 million. So I mean, how do you, how do we do that? He he is an expiring contract, but I mean it's still a lot of bread there. I mean I mean, work work around it. I mean, you know, that's the only trade I see. If he if if he's gonna go back to the Bulls, I want Kobe White. You know, <laughs> give me give me Kobe White, and, and, and we'll play it cool. But in that scenario, that's where I'm like, I still don't have a starting point guard, so it, yeah. it, it it's really tough, man. I, I'm uh, all listen, in on Sexton, bro. Go ahead. State, the the only other situation is with D Rose is like he calls it quits right he he's like listen i'm done here in the league just trade me somewhere i'm going to buy out my contract and i'm going to be basically the salary that you trade because i ain't going to wear that any other jersey mm-hmm. and the team has to accept that that they just going to go off for example they extend sexton and they just want to get off the salary so they're going to take for example noel's and you know and um rose and screw it they, they can keep noels for a half a year maybe then trade them somewhere else and they're just going to wave the rose and they can eat it up for a season that's the only way that you know he's going to do it and you know i think that would be let's say respectful for for the front office manner so they they made a trade that still made the player happy right because any other way bro we ain't training d rose to any lakers to play with that dumpster fire any other team that's you know for example the blazers you can you imagine the euros going to the blazers and wearing that jersey you know that ain't gonna happen so it's only the bulls or the knicks no no one else that's 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 all of that that's doing good business um yeah yeah, that's doing good business when you and this is another positive too like when i hear you talk about you know d rose back to chicago um you know, D. Rose always has a home here. He's once a Nick, always a Nick. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you gotta think about timelines. Um, if you really realistically want to see uh quickly and, and Grimes actually like really grow, you might have to let you might have to trade D. Rose. You you might really have to. I, I don't see because I want to start in point guard. Like first and foremost, I, I I can't go into another season, Andy, Dog, and we don't have a starting point guard, man. It's three twenty-two a.m. in New York, and I'm thinking about a starting point guard. That is bad. <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> you muted, Iru. Iru, Iru was so muted, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Wait, you know, I'm surprised. Oh yeah, it is. Forty-two people, man. Get them thumbs up, man. Get them likes up. I appreciate you guys, man. I'm, I'm, you know, this is something new that uh, me and Dar spoke about. Um, Andy was one of the first people. He was one of the really the first pe- names that was brought up 
Uh, actually, um, because we said we need we needed somebody to do a podcast, but uh, where it was, I well, actually, you know, I, I wanted to do a podcast. Well, me and Dar wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't want it to. I didn't want it to interfere with other podcast times. I wanted a time slot where I could actually like we could actually like dominate, and we ain't got to worry about nobody else recording at this time. So this time is perfect. So when you see, when I see 39 people, you know, get them thumbs up, you know, get them likes up, man. I, I love it. I love it. That means that I'm not the only person who's up 3.24 a.m. thinking about the Knicks. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. listen, for me, it's a perfect time, too. As long as I'm not hungover from, from, from the day before, <laughs> I'm going to be with you guys here. <laughs> oh, man. But um, I guess um, you know, I guess we we we, we got into everything. Um, you know, you I wanted to let this run for about an hour, but you know, we got to an hour and twenty two minutes. Surprisingly, um, Andy, what are you doing for the rest of the morning? You are are you making you some breakfast? I'm hopefully we get you some breakfast. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's gonna be the thing, you know. It's it's eight, you know, after eight, to, so here, so I can, you know, regularly wake up uh, and you know just get the, the 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 kids something to eat. Uh, wake up my wife so she doesn't sleep over too much, <laughs> and yeah, and you know the the day I'm gonna go probably so for some dinner or whatever somewhere and see what's gonna somewhere be the you know the deal with it. Okay, I guess that hard put put uh Dodd is, is 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 trying a bunch of things right now. Oh, he popped out. Oh, 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 he got on the phone. Oh, your man is in the multiverse. <laughs> Dodd is officially in the multiverse, man. <laughs> Stay tell Eru, let Eru on to rank. Yeah, I'm, I'm all jacked up, man. I don't know if you guys can hear me. <laughs> I'm nah, trying to no, trying to make this um trying to get back in this damn thing. What you mean, Sully? Man, you always welcome to come on and rant, man. We we actually, you know, we actually about to get out of here. I know Andy, you know, he wants to enjoy his beautiful family, eat some good breakfast, some eggs and, and whatnot. Eru looks like he's tired as hell. Um, me, I'm pushing it right now because I, I should be over here giving my lady attention but you know i'm talking next 326 in the morning <laughs> so, so hey <laughs> oh man brad johnson i appreciate you man it is 6 30 in australia you know shout out to my my um my old podcast co-host my guy um shout out to my guy mr mitchell man i appreciate you king um Australia is definitely it is definitely a place that we got a lot of listeners. I, I look at the analytics too, so I'll be noticing too. But uh, Andy, man, um, first pod of many. Uh, yeah, to come to come. Many, many to come. <laughs> um, so we're gonna do this, you know, every two weeks. Uh, Saturday, two a.m. People, uh, you know. Any, any any last words for the people, Andy, before we get out of here, man? Yeah, listen, uh, like, share, subscribe. Um, if you want any topics, we can, you know, jump on for you guys. Just, you know, holla, Twitter, whatever. Uh, you know, send it to Iru State, me. 
so we can you know have a, a certain topic to you know to talk about i'm not gonna say rant we're still taking it easy so we're gonna talk about it <laughs> uh listen and if anything you know wild comes up probably closer to to the draft and stuff like that uh you know we're gonna be on top of it probably so we're gonna prepare stuff uh you know certain uh, according to the occasion let's call it that way yeah uh as the shows continue andy i will get better at uh sharing like tweets and stuff you know don it, this is my first time you know i'm, I'm still newly at this and web on is but you know I, I get nice at it um, as the time goes by but you know andy i appreciate you for jumping on the pod it's daylight outside of so just to clear just to show the contrast yeah it is dark <laughs> <laughs> where I'm at, <laughs> and it is daylight outside where Andy's at. So, um, you know, Andy, man, I appreciate you, my guy. Uh, dog, um, any last words for the people, dog, before we get out of here, man? Because, uh, you know, yeah, I, I miss all that that beautiful love making you guys were doing, man, because my, my <laughs> system's all messed up. But you know, the next, next time we do this, I, I have my regular setup. I, I'll move it out out here so I can so I can hear you. But I, yeah, I you, yeah definitely. You you gotta you gotta move the family for us to to rent. You know, every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is dope, man. I mean, even if you guys could do it every week, man. If you, if you guys are up for it, man, I appreciate you guys coming on here. You know, uh, shout out to shout out to Cully because I totally forgot about Cully, man. And I'm surprised to see Jarrell here so late at night too man so i mean you know if we could if we could do something else to, like if you guys want to um add a third person to to the mix it's up to you guys you know see i see how things go oh man any, any yo brother anytime somebody else want to pull up man they can pull up it's an open platform um we try to get as much people as possible a lot of people got opinions um i spoke to Cully a, a bunch of times already like on, on uncle freezy pod so that's the uncle freezy who yeah you know gave me the original thought to think to do something like this so uncle freezy i appreciate you but um anytime man but we gotta be careful we got we can't have too many light-skinned motherf- motherfuckers on the screen at the same time it might, it might, it might blow up the, the pixels or whatever it might mess up the internet it might be too pretty man yeah. <laughs> oh god man but um all right well let's get out of here uh you know, I'm about to finish this good old red wine right here. Um, I don't know what this is, but you know. Oh, we we got that. Yo, we got that in Poland too. Oh, oh Carlo got Rossi. This in Poland? Yeah, yeah, we got that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna finish this right here. You know, um, I appreciate you guys. I'm gonna make sure I have a bottle of red wine every time I do this pod because I'm gonna need it. And um, you know, I'm out of here, man. It's your boy State, Dog, Andy, um. Appreciate you got to come up with a name. Me. That's one thing. You guys got to come up with a name for this thing. A name? Oh. Yeah. Hey, let's come up with a name now, Andy. Fuck it. Before we, before we get out of here. What's a good name, man? I, I wanted to do... Now, I, I couldn't do Nick's at Night. You know? Obviously, yeah, couldn't do that. Um, Andy, man, you got to think of something, man. <laughs> You, you see my thing. You see my head, like you know. <laughs> dog, dog, I ain't got nothing right now at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta uh, figure it out, man. Or we can leave it to the fans. <laughs> uh-huh, you guys got fans. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, for real, we, we should we should do that. Maybe like a Twitter question or something like that. See if anybody yeah. can come up with a name. Definitely. You know, just man. We, we ain't taking any you know uh, bad things like you know three bald dickheads or whatever. We ain't taking that. So, <laughs> so forget about that, guys. <laughs> Oh, oh three God. bald dickheads! Wow, man. That's yeah, we, we, we need, that sounds like an awesome that, podcast, man. Yeah, we need that. Well, we need something that we can marketing well. So, think about yeah. that, fans. <laughs> Yo, Sully, man, you work overnight, bro. You talking about you mean you need Nick content, man? Sully, man, you got you got to pull up to the next show, man. I see you. I see you, man. You um writing a lot in the in the comment section. I'm extremely surprised. Jarella's up right now, the OG. Like, I'm surprised the OG is up. Late night Knicks. Of course, that was the first thing that came to my mind, Brad, but I can't name it late night Knicks because Freezy already then took that. Like, that's Freezy Man's. Like, I'm good. Ebony and Ivory Knicks. <laughs> Maybe I'm too young. Can somebody explain to me the whole every Ebony and Ivory? Uh, 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 <laughs> hey, you you be killing me with that shit. You ain't that young. Ebby and Ivory, man. You, you probably was made to that song. Ebby and Ivory. It's a song. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh God. Look, look, look it up. Look it up. Look up Ebony and Ivory, man. And we're gonna Go have ahead. the intro intro set already, man. With that song. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. This guy's crazy. As, as long as you got the good, as long as you got the Kang emoji for me, dog, be good, man. I, that's all I need, man. <laughs> oh man, but let me get it. Let me get out of here, man, before I get in trouble. <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, <laughs> yo, crazy. But I appreciate you guys, man. Let me get out of here. Um, yeah, peace, fam. Yo, Till peace, next fam. Yo, be back next time, man. Yo. Um, the next show will be on, it is March 20th now, just so everybody can know who's watching. The next show will be on April 2nd. So we'll see all you guys there. And that's going to be an interesting show because by April 2nd, we should know if the Knicks are in the playing, but yeah, we should we're, know if we are. We're going to know the magic number for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but all right man appreciate you guys man tricky nicky man you got you oh god i'm out of here man appreciate that <laughs> yeah tricky nicky fuck you tricky nicky man this, this yeah, was a show with you, that. you know fuck you tricky nicky <laughs> <laughs>